Yeah, hi everyone. Welcome to Planet Tamworth. Yeah, sorry people, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on the air and put my podcast together, but the last couple of council meetings haven't had a lot of um, information, so I thought I'd condense those two meetings together. Um, on the 23rd of March, there was not a lot in the um, the agenda for the council meeting. They went through the Tamworth Regional... Well, sorry, it was the draft, Namoy Regional Water Strategy, um, and that was all... It was a submission that council had put together to send to the state government to say what they believed needed to go into the water strategy. Um, it was all signed off by council. It's all pretty good. Council seemed to be looking after our interest in that area. Um, the other thing in that meeting that was actually up for discussion was um, the 2021 National General Assembly of Local Government. Um, this is where councils across the country come together in Canberra and they put some motions together locally of issues that actually concern their community and they put them forward at the General Assembly and hopefully there's a few other people that uh, or a few other councils around the country that have similar issues and they can band together, get the motion forward, and then they can take it to the relevant minister, state or federal. Um, in this instance for Tamworth, they're putting together three um, motions. And one of them, the first one is for uh, to make appropriate representations to the federal health minister to ensure that the current review of the national medical workforce strategy, and in particular how a district of workforce shortage is determined when allocating Medicare provider numbers. Um, look, this is a big issue for any regional area in the country. It's not just Tamworth, but it's it's everywhere. So look, they should get a lot of support for this, and I'm sure that representations will be made to the Minister. Um, but there was a little bit of debate in the Council meeting about how it should be worded. Um, I know that um, Councillor Wilson, her and the General Manager, uh, Paul Bennett, have been working on the wording of this for a little bit of time. Um, but then uh, Councillor Webb believed that there should have been some harder language in there. Um, so, look, we'll take a bit of a listen to what Councillor Webb had to say and uh, you make your own opinion. Comment on the first point. And um, I think we, we need to give some clearer direction into what we actually need to have to fix the problem. Now, we've, we've got in here uh, make appropriate representations to the Federal Government Health Minister to ensure the current review of National Medical Workforce Strategy and in particular uh, district workforce shortage is determined when allocating Medicare provider numbers. Now I've got some wording here that I'd like to see included in that and that is I believe that we should put in there some direction and that is that we regulate Medicare provider numbers by geography, postcode and population. Unfortunately, Councillor Webb um, realised that he wasn't going to get any support for this particular wording to go into the motion. Um, and uh, the general manager, Paul Bennett, he actually did um, sort of correct Councillor Webb about you know the information that he's got and how, what he'd researched and basically saying that what Councillor Webb wanted to put forward was actually contradictory to what um, the motion would achieve that they've currently put forward. So we'll take a listen to what uh, Paul Bennett had to say. 
It's very much to me. If I could just say, Councillor Webb, that would be a direct negative to what yeah, we're actually proposing because that's the way it is actually done and that's the thing that disadvantages us based on postcodes. It means that you can have a, another specialist based in Atunga but they can't access Tamworth because the Tamworth postcode is not seen as being an area of district, a district of workforce shortage. So that would actually be contrary to what this motion is actually trying to achieve. Yeah, so needless to say, um, Councillor Webb didn't get his motion or the wording put forward. So um, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to have better luck next time, I suppose. But I think what the, the council are trying to do is actually quite a good thing. Um, so, but moving on from all of that, the, the, other, the second point in all of that was... Um, around the, the call for the state and federal governments to invest additional resources into the CSIRO and other research organisations to further improve available water purification technology and then commit funding to establish water purification plants to help improve water security for communities. Um, look, that's all well and good. I think there's no issue with that. Uh, item number three that they're taking to the uh, National General Assembly is that they call on the federal government to investigate the failings of the National Broadband Network, or NBN, in rural and regional Australia and the extra bit and cost of connection for businesses and residents. Uh, look, this is a good thing, I think, to um, take straight forward to the federal government and, you know, do and talk to them about it. I mean, look, it is a... I think the NBN is not as cracked up as what it was meant to be. Um, so, yeah. Well, um, we'll have a bit of a listen now to what Councillor Rodder had to say. A businessman who uh, was advised, you know, uh, the bill was $1.3 million. An amazing amount of, of money to connect the um, fibre to the premise uh, to uh, enable him to conduct his business. And, and um, you know, and there's other sort of quite significant figures too quoted um, for connection. Um, even even in areas where the broadband uh, cables, um, optic fibre cables, go past premises, um, you know, I I guess this is a sting in um, the tail of privatisation that we lost. We lost uh, an organisation like Telstra that probably would have provided um, uh, a great communication system. Uh, if it was still publicly owned, but unfortunately, um, you know, you need business cases to justify why places should get good communication technology, and and that's what we see all the time when um, our federal MPs or even state governments announce uh, a new uh, tower for uh, a black spot region. Uh, that would probably have occurred under the old charter of the the former Telstra and Telecom Australia would have just automatically happened, but now. Uh, you need business cases to justify why Australians need good telecommunication uh, technology and it, it impacts businesses, medical uh, staff uh, and, and, uh, and just general, in general communication of, uh, of residents in rural areas. Um, and, uh, and, you, and you can see this obviously when you travel around the, even our local government area the impacts on, um, uh, you know, you go from, you, you quickly go from 4G to 3G and then nothing. Um, and, um, you know, so I think that there'll be a lot of sympathy uh, for this uh, recommendation by the National General Assembly uh, for other rural regions that are impacted by communication 
difficulties and I, and I hope that uh, ultimately what it results in is the government uh, addressing the shortfalls of that system and you know I think in 20, in, in 20, between 2010 and 2013 when the uh, national broadband was sold to the people of uh, fibre to the premise, I think ultimately that would have delivered the outcome that we needed. But uh, I have to confess that even I was dubious in, in 2013 when I voted against that government. Um, but I think that um, it was a mistake in hindsight uh, not to have actually uh, delivered the very best communication we could have to the, to the most Australians we possibly could have. As you would have heard, uh, Councillor Rodder was uh, just getting in there saying that he uh, didn't vote the right way at the uh, federal election where um, Labor had actually said to the world that they were, or to the nation that they were going to, uh, you know, in roll out the biggest infrastructure project ever and that was to um, install fibre to the door so everyone had access to the best network or internet network the world has ever seen. Um, however... The mayor certainly jumped on him at the end and told him that he uh, needed to be very careful about his that his statements were bordering on uh, being political and that wouldn't be taken or called for in any council meeting. So yeah, let's take listen to that. Thank you, Councillor Rutter, and I'd I'd urge you to be very cautious of your statements on in this environment. They're getting very close to bordering on political statements and. As you're well aware, there'll be no uh, allowance for political statements on the floor of the council. Yeah, well, that now wraps up uh, the meeting for the uh, 23rd of March. Uh, we'll move on now to the uh, 13th of April meeting. Um, again, a bit light on with um, what they were going to be discussing, but there's a couple of interesting things. Um, there was the IPART review of the water charges um, for New South Wales water uh, facilities across the state and... Um, and how they're going to actually um, sting us with a bit more charges on the water, which they'll, they'll charge council, and that will then flow on to us as the users of that water, which is not that great. Um, we'll take a listen to that one a little bit later. Then there was also the... Um, the there is a committee called the John Williamson Statue Fundraising Committee. Oh, I didn't realise that these committees existed. Uh, you learn something every day. So uh, they're out obviously fundraising to um, get money to have a bronze statue of John Williamson um, made and then it'll be erected in town somewhere. Uh, the mayor has brought this up under his mayoral minute um, that he would like the council to underwrite the project while funds are being raised. So I'll take a little bit of a listen to that. I think this one is a little bit close to the mayor's heart. He quite lost John Williamson, I think. Okay, so just some background here for the um, increase in charges for the water that IPART are looking at increasing. Um, if water is taken out of a regulated river, i.e. at Baraba, Manila and Tamworth, we're going to have substantial increases in water costs. Like at Baraba, it's going up 45% to what it currently is and Tamworth will go up 38%. Um, to what it not currently is. Um, unlike centres like Nundal, Bendemir and Atunga, um, they will have a decrease because their rivers are unregulated. So it's um, 
So we for Tamworth are going to be hit quite hard with water. However, in saying that though, these are recommendations. The government doesn't have to um, take these charges. However, they do. Um, what that's what council are doing though. They're putting a submission together to send to IPART and the government to say, "Hey, we'll have a moment." Um, I think you're getting a bit ahead of yourselves. So I think um, it'll be good that, well, if they put the submission in and hopefully some notice will be taken of it and then we can um, we won't be hit so hard with the water increase. But we'll have a bit of a listen to um, what Bruce Logan, the uh, Director of Water and Waste, has to say about it. Um, so, councillors, um, two changes, I'm proposing two changes to, uh, to the recommendation that's in the business paper. Uh, the first one is... Uh, that um, because um, uh, IPART sets the maximum charges for bulk water pricing, the government uh, doesn't have to accept those charges. Uh, they can set charges at some lower level. Um, and that being the case, then I've asked Council to consider whether um, the Council would like to write to the member for Tamworth, uh, requesting that in the event um, IPART's final determination results in a significant increase to uh, increases for council and other water license holders in appeal, then the New South Wales government um, not pass on the full increases in uh, in charges. That's the first change that that um, I've suggested to council. Uh, and the second one is um, in relation to groundwater entitlement holders uh, in the Peel Valley. They don't pay any money towards uh, Water New South Wales uh, because they're considered to be alluvial. Um, council has long argued that. Um, uh, alluvial uh, supplies in the Peel uh, are connected to the surface water in the Peel River and in some and would suggest therefore that some of the water that's stored in the Peel River is actually released to uh, do aquifer recharge of those uh, groundwater supplies uh, yet those people who benefit from that aquifer recharge don't uh, contribute towards the cost of maintaining and operating Chaffee Dam. So <coughs> the point that, that I've added to the, to the original recommendation uh, deals with that issue and asks that uh, IPART should investigate this issue further and if necessary adjust the charging more equitably across all the consumers in the Peel who benefit from Chaffee Dam. Um, I think uh, Councillor Rodder's not necessarily impressed with the whole IPART review of water charges. Um, we'll take a little bit of a listen to what Councillor Rodder has said. Um, he believes that um, maybe there's been a little bit of um, mismanagement of water and that maybe the Tamworth region's been a little bit dudded. Uh, the communities like ours that have suffered drought, water shortages via the drought, and I believe some water mismanagement, fires and COVID, should then be belted by the government in such a nasty manner. And I believe nothing demonstrates how insignificant our region is to the government than a proposal such as this, an absurd 40% increase on our residents and businesses and industries is just unacceptable and I hope that the government gets the message loud and clear and addresses it. Well, as you could hear, it was uh, Councillor Rodders not too happy with the, the whole review of the water charges. Um, and either is uh, Councillor um, Betts and also Councillor Impey. Um, We'll take a listen to Councillor Impley. He, he honestly believes that water is life, which I'm sure it is. Um, without water, we don't survive. So he's hit the nail on the head there. Um, 
However, he does say that if there's a 40% increase that we've got to cop it on the chin. I don't know if we have to, but, you know, we'll take a listen to what he's got to say and you can make your own opinions. So I think we all agree with each other. I think this well and truly stinks. In fact, it's totally wrong. Um, and uh, look, this might be my view. <coughs> I think there's also the view of 60,000 people who live in our, in our area, particularly those who uh, use water from Chabby. But water is water is water. It takes the air no matter where it comes from. And so there's, in my view, it, 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 we need it for, for survival, human survival. And um, if the, uh, if the uh, you know, the government and or my part or together, as potentially they might be working, um, and that's my view, are of the opinion that 40% is an increase that's sustainable and is worth um, um, uh, affecting on our on the good people of Tamworth, well then, uh, I wonder what would happen if the state government decided to increase the motorways charges by forty percent. I think everybody would stop stop using motorways and start using the um, the streets of Sydney, and uh, they'll go back to the rather badly congested streets they've always been. But you have a choice with that. We don't have a choice with this. So if there's a forty percent increase, we have to cop it. And I'm not entirely certain, and I don't think the people of Tamworth should be entirely certain that that's a good thing. And it's totally wrong in my view. And the mayor himself, he's not happy with it either. So the mayor's taken a bit of a swing at uh, New South Wales water for letting go some environmental flows. Um, we'll have a listen to that now. He um, honestly believes that they're out of line and it's not in their water sharing plan. So let's take a listen. I'd like to just make one, and with regard to the the water that's released into the dam from the dam for aquifer recharge. Now, I don't really have a problem if that's called environmental water, but under our water sharing plan, it's not acknowledged as, as um, water that's held for the environment. But I believe that Water New South Wales are actually out of order because they're releasing water for something or someone that's not an entitlement holder. And when you see in actual fact, in that 2018-19 year, when our our dam levels were fast diminishing, the the amount of water released for the aquifer recharge was almost as much as what was released for the city uh, over that year. It's and and nobody else is paying for that. Us or council or the community, as the largest entitlement holder, are actually subsidising that water, and that's very unfair. And and I think um, I would suggest that that uh, if IPART fail to recognise this, well, you know, they're, they're not being accountable for the, for the role or their statutory role. And, and I believe if Water New South Wales continue to uh, release water for, for something or someone that's not, a, not an entitlement holder, well, I, I'd question the legality of that. And, uh, and I'd certainly question, question the, the fact that um, the existing high security and general security and stock and domestic licence holders are subsidising that, that uh, aquifer recharge. If it needs to be accountable through the environment, well, let's make it accountable and recognise it. But to, I think it's, it's very, very unfair and, and lacks complete transparency to continue to release water unaccounted uh, in those sorts of volumes. So as you can hear, um None of the councillors are happy with what IPART are trying to do with increased charges of water for um, council and also the residents and users of the water out of the Chaffee Dam. So 
let's hope that the uh, government and IPART take some notice of the report that council have, um, or the submission that council have sent through. Uh, and then we're moving right on. So now we'll, the only other thing that we'll actually hear a bit about is the um, John Williamson uh, Bronze Statue Committee and how council are going to underwrite that and, and why they believe John Williamson is the person that needs the next statue in town. Item 5.1, uh, Mayoral Minute. I put this Mayoral Minute to you, councillors, that uh, in relation to the report, John Williamson Bronze Statue, council receive and note the report and underwrite the project while funds are being raised. And uh, obviously you've had the opportunity to read the report. Um, this is a continuation of um, pretty much the same committee that's um, raised funds for, for the other statues we have in the CBD um, with re relation to country music and um, it's a fairly aggressive time frame to actually deliver this project and, and there was a, a very strong need to, to um, be able to place that order to book the foundry space and get the, um, the statue work completed uh, in order to unveil at the 50th anniversary festival in 20, January 21. So the committee um, sought to have council underwrite that cost so that we could ensure that those bills could be paid on time and it's certainly the, uh, the intention of the committee to, to raise the funds uh, required for the complete project. Um, so I put that motion to you this evening and open the matter for debate. So there you have it. Um they want the council to underwrite the committee, so the statue is about a hundred grand, bit under. Um, and so, while they fundraise, they just want the community, the, the council, to basically, um, I suppose, guarantee that the the money is going to be paid for the um, for the statue. So, but I suppose the question is, why John Williamson? Um, you know, in the um, the commentary about this motion, that they've put in there that John Williamson is a man to be recognised. Um, due to his con extraordinary contributions to the nation's self-image and to maintaining the heritage of Australia. Um, so they believe it's just totally appropriate for this um, project to go ahead. You know, over the decades, uh, John Williamson has championed Indigenous causes and is famous for his duets with Alice Springs Aboriginal star Warren H. Williams, The Raining on the Rock. Um, John has also been consistent support of country music industry in the Tamworth Festival and it's also further proof of his suitability um, for the recognition. Um, look, I, I think it's a worthwhile thing. I mean, I, I don't mind a bit of John Williamson's music. Um, I like a lot of different types of music and he falls. some of his songs fall into that. Um, so I'll just leave that with you and you, your thoughts on that. Um, if you want to make any comments, please do. Um, I'll leave the links to my webpage where you can make some comments on these uh, topics. There'll be links also there to um, the podcast. So thank you everyone for listening. It's been a um, it has been a couple of weeks since I've um, actually put one of these podcasts up. Um, it's just been not a lot happening in the uh, council scene. Really, it must be a slow time of the year, maybe. So thanks everyone. Uh, I'll catch you next time. So tune into Planet Tamworth and uh, look after yourselves. See ya.